0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the program. When talking about evidence against Brian Koberger, the strongest bit of evidence they have is the DNA evidence that was on the knife sheath. Well, how strong is that evidence, really? If it's not backed up by anything else behind the scenes, other DNA evidence, other evidence that ties Brian Koberger to the house at the time of the murders... Is the prosecution going to be able to get a conviction with that knife sheath alone? Or are they going to have to tie that together with stronger DNA evidence? Because I've said from the beginning, while I find the probable cause evidence very strong and the totality of it certainly signals to me that they had at least probable cause to make this arrest. Now, where does it go from here is the real question. Considering we have the gag order and we don't have access to any of the information, really. We don't know what they found with the testing. We don't know what sort of results that those tests have yielded. We just have no idea yet. So we don't know the totality as far as DNA evidence against Brian Koberger. All we have to go on is the probable cause affidavit. And while I find it strong as hell, they're definitely going to need other DNA evidence, in my opinion, to tie this all up and get themselves a slam-dunk conviction. Because all of these different factors, all of this evidence on its own, certainly can be picked apart. It's the totality of it that makes it so strong. And it's all tied together, it's all glued together by the DNA evidence. So, let's get into this article from Newsweek, and let's see what Newsweek has to say about the DNA evidence and the problems it might present for the prosecution. Headline, Why Brian Koberger's DNA Presents Problems for the Prosecution. The author of this article is Ellie Cook. DNA evidence against University of Idaho murder suspect Brian Koberger amounts to a very strong case but does not necessarily place him at the scene at the time of the killings, a former federal agent has said. And look, a good lawyer is going to try and punch holes in the whole entire sheath scenario. They're going to say that Brian Koberger was at this house previously or whatever, and when he was at the house previously, that's when he left that sheath there. They're going to come up with something like that. Watch and see. Because how else are you going to dispute the fact that his DNA is on the snap button of that sheath? There's no other way to dispute that. I guess you can say it was stolen, but you'd have to prove that. Kohlberger, a criminology Ph.D. student and teaching assistant at Washington State University, was arrested and charged with four counts of first-degree murder and one count of felony burglary. The bodies of Madison Mogan, Kaylee Gonsalves, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin were discovered in rented accommodations in Moscow, Idaho, on November 13, 2022. Koberger was arrested in Pennsylvania before being extradited to Idaho, where he made an initial appearance in court on January 5th when the affidavit detailing what led to police to Koberger was made public. And it was a lot of the other stuff. That he was doing in the aftermath of all of this, wearing the gloves to take out trash, putting your trash in your neighbor's trash bin, just a whole bunch of activity that is suspicious as hell. And if it's standing alone, obviously it doesn't mean much. But when you look at it as a full HD picture, it reveals something completely different, or at least it infers something different. Koberger's former attorney in Pennsylvania, Jason Labar, said that Koberger was eager to be exonerated. Well, I'm sure he is. But how much information did Labar even have? Remember, Labar himself came out and said he told Koberger not to give him too much information besides what he needed. So how much does he really know about what Koberger was thinking, what his motivations might have been, or any of that? My guess is very little. Introducing a discussion on the affidavit on NewsNation, anchor Natasha Zuvis said a viewer had brought up what he saw as five potential holes in the affidavit that laid out the police's initial case against Koberger. In the affidavit, Moscow police said that a tan leather knife sheath had been discovered at the scene of the crime close to one of the victims. And if this all pans out, right, that it was Brian Koberger who left this knife sheath next to the body of Madison Mogan, it's going to go down as one of the biggest blunders in the history of criminal activity. Who the hell leaves a knife sheath with their DNA on it right next to the body of who you just killed? And then you go further and tell me, oh boy, is a criminology PhD? One thing I have learned in my life, however, is having an education is a whole different thing than actually being able to apply what you have learned. And Brian Koberger, if he is the person responsible for these murders, well, he really didn't learn much. Or if he did, he certainly didn't apply it to his own crimes. Because you gotta be a real moron to drive your own car, leave the knife sheath, and have all of the issues with the phone pinging. That doesn't sound like some kind of criminal mastermind to me. It sounds like, in the words of Red Foreman, Someone who is a dumbass. Police recovered DNA samples from the Koberger family home in Pennsylvania on December 27th of 2022, and a subsequent DNA report concluded that a DNA profile obtained from the trash and the DNA profile obtained from the sheath identified a male as not being excluded as the biological father of the suspect profile. The affidavit added at least 99.9998% of the male population would be expected to be excluded from the possibility of being the suspect's biological father. Seems pretty strong, right? Zuvis said the viewer had got in touch to argue that Kohlberger's DNA could have ended up there from someone uh, shaking Brian's hand and then touching the sheath shortly afterwards. I guess you can try and run with that, but it's all of the other evidence that's going to be very difficult to explain, right? You could always say somebody stole this, somebody stole my car, somebody stole my phone, but you're going to have to prove that because at the end of the day, words are wind. Commenting on this, guest interviewee and former CIA officer Tracy Walder responded that although the DNA evidence did put Koberger at the crime scene, it did not come with a specific timestamp, and that might be the problem, because if Koberger's defense team is smart, what they're going to argue is that Koberger was at this house previously at a party, and how are you going to deny that as the prosecution? That's going to be a lot of he said, she said, right? We've heard that there's people coming in and out of the house at all times, people there when the, the tenants weren't even there. So it won't be too difficult, in my opinion, for Kohlberger's team to try and run with this angle. And it's probably the most logical angle, looking at it from the defense's perspective. Oh, he was at this house for a party and he touched that knife sheath. Seems simple, but it does throw a bit of a shadow of a doubt. Then it'll be up to the prosecution to counter that that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The DNA is nice to have. It puts him at the scene of the crime, but it doesn't put him at the scene of the crime potentially on that day and around that time. She said, this is a hole that can be poked. In the prosecution's case, Walder continued. And if this is all the evidence as far as DNA that the prosecution has, then this certainly is a pathway for Kohlberger's team to try and find some pay dirt. Now, do I think this is all they have? I do not. I think they have more evidence, obviously, and more DNA evidence that they just haven't released yet. And once that all gets connected and tied up in a nice little bow, it's going to be real hard for Kohlberger to dispute the DNA. But as it stands now, for what we know for sure, this DNA most certainly can be disputed. Individual pieces of evidence don't exist in a vacuum, Walder, a former FBI special agent added, and the prosecuting team will take all of it when presenting their case. It's the totality of the circumstances, Walder said, referencing the DNA evidence, cell phone data, and the description given by a surviving housemate that were listed in the affidavit. But the prosecution, nonetheless, has a strong case, she argued. Oh, I agree with that. 100% they have a strong circumstantial case here. But we don't know all of the details, so I think it's a bit foolish to say, oh yeah, it's going to be a slam dunk. Because we just don't know yet. What's the defense going to present? What's their strategy going to be? What have they found during their investigation? Now chances are, considering what we have seen so far, that Brian Koberger is the person who did this. But I always leave that room for the government to be wrong, what, the government's all-knowing, they're omnipotent, they, they just know who's guilty and who's not? Of course not. It's not like we haven't seen innocent men be brought up on charges before. So I always leave some headroom there, just in case. But as of now, with what we have seen circumstantially, it's not looking good for old Koberger. And like I've said before, it's like climbing Mount Everest with no shoes on. The evidence explained in the affidavit does not place Koberger in that house on the night of the murders, Duncan Levin, a former federal prosecutor who is now a defense attorney, previously told Newsweek. Lara Uretzian, a criminal defense lawyer who worked on convicted killer Scott Peterson's defense, previously said the evidence against Koberger is a circumstantial case after all. Well, as of now, yeah. And of course, we can only deal in the reality that we know, and the reality that we know is that there's a lot of circumstantial evidence and a lot of strong circumstantial evidence. However, she qualified, when we bring everything together, yes, it does come across as a pretty strong case. Koberger appeared in court for a second time on January 12th, and his preliminary hearing date is set for June 26th. Well, look, we all know that it's going to be a battle of the experts here. It's going to be a battle of DNA. And the prosecution is going to have to put Brian Koberger inside of this home. At the time these murders occurred, the question is. Do they have the evidence to do that? All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. All of the information that goes along with this episode. Well, that can be found in the description box.